right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for On the Mark. Powered by Booster Juice, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. We welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Spec that sound effect that we had just in time for the morning skate, and they had that whoosh of the the sound of the blade on the ice. It just the first thing I thought about was you the other night at Victoria. <laughs> Speeding around that oval, like cutting it up. Blur. <laughs> <laughs> Speed, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's exactly what I picture. <laughs> Eddie was even Eddie was impressed with your your um, suave. Uh, I guess the the planning, everything. Oh, just yeah. A, hey, oh man, it's I, Valentine's Day. You couple old guys, you still uh, have a little romance. True romantic oh, wow. at heart, skating man. and making us look yeah. bad. A little happy, some wine. Oh, just boy. a true yeah, romantic. Right. Come Did on, you? any guy could take his wife to an expensive restaurant. Like that's easy. You got to have a little bit of innovation here, man. Did you have uh, any? Did you have some wine before you went on the ice, or was that after? No, no okay. drinking and skating in my world. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, in my world, it's all that happens. <laughs> yeah, all right, Spec. Uh, what'd, you, what'd you make of the game last night? I kind of said off the top, I, I thought the Oilers had a worse second period against Detroit than they did last night. It's just a matter of fact that St. Louis capitalized on four goals. Detroit could have had four or five goals easily in the second period when the Oilers had 10 giveaways and 10 odd man rushes, et cetera. But uh, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, either way, both periods stunk. Yeah. Uh, I thought that, you know, it's a different, I mean, it's 2-1 after one. You can't complain about a first period when you're up 2-1 on the road, particularly when Hyman gets robbed twice. I mean, one of those has got to go in. It should be 3-1. Um, but they got their Heinies whipped in the second period, man. Yeah. And you know what? They're, that PK that I, what did they stop at one point? They were 40 for 41. Uh, last night, every rebound went right to the stick of a wide open blue in front of the net. It was just, that's just the way it went. Mm-hmm. So St. Louis was good, and Edmonton couldn't hang with them in the second period. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Spec, I got the number seven for you. Seven straight okay. penalties taken and seven goals in the last four games for the PK. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, it's what comes around goes around, right? You can't kill them all. Uh, too, too undisciplined, you know. Too mm-hmm. many, too many, you know, a high stick or a, or a trip that doesn't have to happen. Get your stick out of the guy's feet, you know. And, uh, sure, the, I didn't like the referee in last night. I didn't think that the Oilers deserved seven straight. A couple of them were really cheesy calls. I thought the one on Brown was an awful penalty. Yeah. Uh, but he can't take a penalty 200 feet away from the play. But I thought I felt for the guy because it was a crappy call. But you know what? Whatever. You can't. You got to get your discipline in check here. When it's going bad, you can't be in the box all night. And Deharnay, Deharnay is a sixth defenseman. And if if this was a normal team with uh, with an extra defenseman on the road with them, like like you usually have. Darren Aid be sitting in a press box hmm. next game. So he can't take that unsportsmanlike. He's got to get his head on straight and help his team, not hurt it. You know, uh, Corey Perry scored his first goal. What do you make of um, what's kind of his evolution here in a, in a short, brief time? I think he's been good, and he's going to help a ton. Like, he scores the goal. I think Hyman said after the game, he scores the goals that are that get scored in the playoffs. You know, as as bad a contract as Brown's looking like it is, 
uh, I think the Perry signing, like I was just worried that you're getting an old guy that hadn't played for a while that might sometime at some point, guys, Perry's going to join a team and they're going to say, "Uh oh, there's nothing left here. Like mm-hmm. that's going to happen because he's an old cat. He's been around forever. That's not happening here. He, the old, he looks every bit like the old Corey Perry scores the greasy goals, goes to the net, stands in front and causes goals that he never gets a point on. Uh, I think I'm all for Corey Perry, especially when the games get greasy in the playoffs, man. I think he's going to be a really good ad. Mm-hmm. The other thing you mentioned too was Connor Brown, that penalty. Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad luck. It's all that. But even after the Perry goal, Brown backhands went off the angle iron there. That's a hair to the right, and now it's a 5-4 game. And as bad as the Oilers played in the second, they're still in it. So, I mean, but Brown yeah. Brown just can't buy one. Uh, you know what? Like, listen, there's two sides to this thing. It's about production. When you're making $4 bucks, it's about coming in here and doing something. And Brown's been a, a disaster. He hasn't done a damn thing other than kill some penalties he could have found a nine hundred thousand dollar guy to kill penalties Mm -hmm. right so let's be clear on that Mm -hmm. but but we're also on a night like last night brown was a good player last night you know he was a valuable player i thought he played really well and he's been killing penalties exceptionally well he's he does a lot of good things but we judge him on a salary and that's fair He, he does a lot of good things for eight hundred thousand, he doesn't do enough good things for four million. So, you know, you got to you got to have some perspective on a one night basis. I don't mind Brown on a lot of nights. When I look down from thirty thousand feet, that's Kenny Holland's worst signing this summer, no question about it. Yeah, Speck, let me drag you into the the flavor of the day here. Talking about okay, what is it? Let's go. <laughs> Dylan Holloway's game. And, uh, you know, just overall where he's at, considering he's a 2020 draft pick, Jake Neighbors, 2020 draft pick, and you just see how he's producing and where he's at and just the evolution of the game. W- what do you think of Holloway's game and how he performed yesterday? It's coming. Like, you got to have some patience with Holloway. You know, he's been hurt a lot. Uh, he's didn't get a good shake under Woodcroft. Listen, you can't just pick the best guy in the draft class and say, why isn't our guy as good as him? Like, that's not, you know, you don't think there's people saying, why isn't, why isn't, you know, look how long it took Sam Reinhardt to be even in the same breath as Leon Dreisaitl this year, right? So I don't think it's fair to invoke Jake Neighbors here. He's a hell of a good player and he's having a great year and, is he a better player? Yeah, I'm here to tell you. He's a better player than Holloway, okay? I've said it. But we've got to have just have patience. Holloway's it's going to take time. He's got lots of good spot things he does. Uh, you love his attitude. He plays a game in a way that I think is going to develop into a good player. Just chill on Holloway. It's not going to happen in one night here, right? Just chikai. I thought he had a pretty <laughs> strong defensive game last night too, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Kev? Uh, again, I'm not coming down hard on Holloway here, and I'm not doing that that thing. I the one thing that I did mention to Eddie as a, and Eddie agreed this as an athlete when, when you are given an opportunity, and 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 even Eddie said, well, I finally got my opportunity from going from the twos to the ones. I never ever wanted to let that go. You don't look back. Yeah. So okay. th- so, and I, I was comparing. Um, you know, Holloway's progression here, even in the sense that he's been given a couple of opportunities, but he hasn't really banged the door down. Uh, Jake yep. Neighbors is very similar in, in the sense of last year, 
Jake Neighbors and Dylan Holloway last year, their stats are almost identical. Their opportunities almost identical as far as time on ice, minutes, who you're playing with, games played, points, goals, everything. It's very, very similar. Now, the problem with the difference with Holloway this year is that he has. He had a, a very serious injury to take him out of the lineup for mm-hmm. six weeks. So you have to take that into account. But what I'm saying is that I, this year, Neighbors is one, just one sec. I'll just wrap it up quick here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Na- Neighbors has taken his opportunity. He never started this year in a top six role. He's he's busted the door down where they said, we got to put you on the first unit power play. We got to. And I get Gregor's 100% right. Dylan Holloway will never, ever see first unit power play time. Ever. Ever. But he still has the ability, because he's that good, to bust the door down a little bit. Just kick it in a little bit. Neighbors has busted it down this year with 19 goals. Mm. Are you clicking something there, Speck? You're yeah, doing a little uh, research? everything you say is true. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, th- I think it's hand-in-hand hand a little bit here. You're right. The biggest difference there, there's two things. First of all, Neighbors gets has some success. He jumps up on the first power play. Now you're confident. Now you have more success. Mm-hmm. Holloway's never playing on the first power play. Never. Yet. So that avenue is not open to him. Okay. Yeah. That's the other I just thing said is that. Yeah. One guy played 72. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I just said that while you were doing a little research there. Yeah. yeah that's one it. guy. One guy played 72 games a year every year in the Western League. The other guy's a college player. Okay. You got to hang on, Spec. Hang on. Neighbors. Mm-hmm. The last two years. Basically, was injured. He was hurt. He only played thirty games or so ballpark his last two years. I know, but the Western League's a different league. That's mm-hmm. all. I'm not. All I'm, I'm again. I'm not crapping on Holloway here. I think he's a great player. I think he can be. I think there's so much more there. But as Eddie and I were saying off the top spec, is that when when neighbors is is fifty yards away from the Oilers dressing room for three four years. And he's looking at Connor McDavid watching this practice. You see all those guys watching practice from the Oil Kings, and then yep. and then he's going into last night, and and he sees oh Dylan Holloway's been moved up to the uh, top six forward line, uh, top six and on the second line, and and there's as an as a pro athlete, Jake Neighbors is going hmm okay. without a question. I was drafted twenty sixth in the same draft, okay. Um yep. And Holloway, you were drafted fourteenth. Let's I'm gonna we'll see what happens here tonight. Yep. So go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, no, I was just thinking for sure. He definitely neighbors definitely woke up with some extra piss and vinegar being uh, drafted uh, so much further behind Holloway and trying to make that statement. You know, again, like you said, KK being in the same building as the Oilers mm-hmm. for as many years as he did. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting topic because yeah. I, again, I get both sides of it in terms of uh, the limited playtime that Holloway has had and the injuries and how everything's been affected. But at the same time, I do agree when you have your opportunities, um, you got to do something with them because if you're not going to, someone else will. And I mean, how many chances does one get uh, minus Connor Brown? Well, he's not right. He's not. Listen, the opportunity in Eminent for Holloway is never going to be what it is in St. Louis for neighbors because he doesn't have those guys on top of him. But hey, we can listen. I mean, if the if the topic here is did the orders blow that draft? No. As of today, they blew that draft. I don't. I don't don't know. Here to tell you, neighbors is a better player right now. He looks like he's going to be a better player. I got no problem saying that. Mm -hmm. But remember, remember the whole. Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan thing. They mm-hmm. went back and forth and back and forth their whole careers as to who was a better player. And at the moment, I'm not sure what the verdict's ever going to be. So you know what? 
neighbors like it's a it's a marathon not a sprint right mm-hmm. neighbors is out of the gate and he's ahead of holloway i'm there's no doubt about that you mm-hmm. can't argue it give it a little bit of time see what happens here uh, see where holloway comes. i think holloway later yeah see what happens i st- i think holloway can can be a better player than neighbors i still do but I'm just saying at this point right now, and again, the opportunity is the keyword. And I'll still stick to my guns too. Uh, neighbors, he's a, he's a different breed. Uh, he's a different makeup, different mentality. To go out and get a Gordie Howe in your last game, uh, I've never come remotely close to seeing Holloway mix it up like that enough to get in nope. a fight, let alone a Gordie Howe. That's a different type of makeup and DNA. It is. It is. And I think part, again, I'm going to repeat myself, mm-hmm. and it's going to be short. A big part of this is, do you draft out a junior or do you draft out of the NCAA? Because mm-hmm. you yeah. get a different player, right? Yeah. You get a different player out of no each doubt. league now. Yeah, it's a different dynamic. I mean, you can a player can stay down there. And Holloway came out two years earlier, you know, than he didn't stay there for the first full four years. So, hey, Spec, yeah. I, we were talking last night. What are you? What are you? Are you racing snowmob- snowmobiles this weekend or something? <laughs> I'm not racing. <laughs> oh. In fact, it may, I'm not even sure anyone is with the lack of snow. But, yeah. Uh, out at Alberta Beach, they got a little festival for the family day long weekend called Snowmo Days, and uh, it, when there's snow, it's a bunch of rednecks racing uh, snowmobiles and quads on the ice, and there's dog sled races, <laughs> and it's there might be a couple of beers involved, and uh, it's really fun, man. So uh, I'll be out there watching hockey, and uh, you know, having some fun. There's a big beer tent right on the ice, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. like that. <laughs> where, where's that? And, where's that tent located? <laughs> yeah, well, it's not hard to find. It's not a big place out there. So uh, is this all sa- looking sa- for a little festival this weekend? You find me at the Alberta Beach Hotel having a cold beer on a Saturday night. <laughs> and so is this all day tomorrow and Sunday? Like when? When is the beer all tent? All weekend, go- okay. man. All mm. weekend. And you're going to be in this beer tent on tomorrow. Oh yeah, Saturday night, man. On the Saturday right night, on the lake. There. Right in the lake. All right. Right off the main boat launch. <laughs> okay. You know where to find them. All right, you Spec. Thanks, big fella. Them, Have a great weekend. All right, boys. Ah, uh, yeah, that's uh, Mark Specter on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back. So a kind of a childhood hero of yours, Eddie Steele? Uh, not kind of. I mean, he's a Winnipeg icon. Yeah. Um, Milt Steagle Drive. Milt Steagle Drive. You know, he was just inducted into the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame last, yeah. what was it, November, December, somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few months back. Oh. Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, are probably the best player in Bomber history. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that'd be a good debate. Mm-hmm. You know, it really would be a good... Chris Walby, yeah. that'd, that'd be another one who'd be up there. Heard, uh, I don't know if you heard, old kid Dynamite passed away this week. Jerry James. Yeah, 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 yeah I did read that. Played for the Leafs and the Bombers, um, same time. Uh, Played in the Stanley uh, Cup uh, final uh, and the Great Cup. Kenny Plain, did Kenny, I read that? Kenny Plain passed too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was an all-time bomber Yeah, for he sure. was, yeah. All right, when we come back, Milt Stiegel, Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele, Sports 1440, stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca as we welcome in Milt Stiegel, the CFL on TSN. Good morning, Milt. You're with Kevin Carius and former CFLer and Great Cup champion, Eddie Steele. Thanks for hopping on Sports 1440. 
Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whichever it may be. Good to be with you guys. <laughs> you know what? we got to get this right out of the way. A texter wants to know, this is Lee, please ask Milt why he ends his tweets with hashtag paper plates. Can you answer that, Milt? I can, but there's only two people on this earth who knows what it means, and that's me and my older son. Uh, the person who I sleep next to every evening, every evening doesn't know, and my youngest son doesn't know. So there's only two people who know, and we're going to keep it that way for now. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Even Eddie was wondering about I it. I was, Milt. I was. I, I thought, finally, I we'll get it from him, and someone else asked him, not me. Yeah. So, Eddie, you grew up watching Milt in Winnipeg. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, I was telling Kevin, Milt, that uh, you're a legend. I mean, in my opinion, the best player to ever put on a Bomber jersey. So, yeah, I, I grew up watching you, and then... Got to rub shoulders with you a couple of great cups ago out in Hamilton, right. so that was pretty awesome, right. man. I just want to ask you re- real quick, you know, with free agency taking place, uh, just what are your quick thoughts on what's taking place and went down uh, over the course of the past few days over with free agency? There was a lot going on. There, there was a decent amount of movement, and that usually doesn't happen that way. For the most part, teams are usually able to keep – uh, they're big-name guys, they're, they're, they're main guys, but, you know, then there's a lot of money being flung around to guys. Uh, we have that, uh, that early window where guys can negotiate it. There was a lot of movement. Uh, you know, you saw the, the Toronto losing some of their top players, uh, Winnipeg not being able to hold on, uh, you know, to a couple of one of their bigger players. Uh, it's just the nature of the business. Now, it's, it's good to see. Uh, it's exciting for you know, fans and, and media personalities like us to see some excitement going on uh, within the CFL when the season's not even going on. So uh, I was excited about the movement, and we'll just have to wait and see how these uh, pieces that move, if they have impact uh, on the team that they're going to. Mm-hmm. Milt Stiegel with us, Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele. Was there a team in particular, Milt, that you went, oh, this was a, some good moves by this team and maybe one team that didn't make as many moves as you thought they could have or should have? Well, of course, the Saskatchewan made some great moves. Uh, we knew that was going to happen when, when Corey Mace took the job. Uh, I thought he would get more uh, Toronto guys, but he, he got a good one in uh, A.J., who may fit perfectly uh, in Regina. They also nabbed up uh, the Eastern nominee for offensive lineman of the year and Jamarcus Hardrick. That was a big move. You bring over a, a middle linebacker uh, in Thurman from Hamilton. Uh, so they, they got some pieces there. Uh, we knew Toronto was going to lose uh, some pieces. They just couldn't keep all those guys. Those guys wanted money. Uh, Pickett, maybe the best Sam linebacker uh, in the league. Uh, Peters, they lost Hendrick. They lost another defensive lineman to Hamilton. So we knew they were going to lose some pieces. But you have to be excited that they kept their offensive line intact. And, and Eddie, you know this. Uh, when you have that offensive line intact and, and your quarterback, your main piece, uh, is happy because that is intact, that goes a long way. So uh, there were some surprises, but there were also some, some things uh, that weren't surprises. So uh, as I alluded to earlier, uh, we're just excited that there were some different things going on, and hopefully uh, those guys were able to uh, make a difference with, with the teams that they go to. Milt, with the news coming down yesterday uh, with Simone Lawrence announcing his retirement, I just want you to touch on that uh, in just my thoughts quickly. 
I've always thought he was a very impactful player, but just an impactful leader and someone in the community. And that goes to show my what my thoughts are pretty correct because the organization gave him a job the minute he announced his retirement. And that goes to show what they thought of him too and just the, the pull that he had uh, and the impact that he has in the community. Just talk about Simone and his career and just uh, what he's meant to Hamilton and the league. Yeah, he, he, he's meant a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of people hate Simone, uh, but he, he, he loves the fact that he loves to be hated. And he means so much, not only to the, to the football team, but to the community of Hamilton. If you follow what he's done throughout that community, throughout that city, you've seen the impact he's had. Of course, he's had a big impact on the field. He's their leading tackler and all these things, all-stars. But uh, more of the impact has been off the field, and that will continue as he's been able to – uh, uh, maintain uh, keeping himself in that organization. So that goes a long way. Uh, guys are sometimes leaving organizations because they're able to make, you know, forty or thirty, forty thousand dollars here or there uh, with another team. But maintaining uh, that you're going to stay with the organization goes a long way and allow you to do things uh, once your career is up. So congratulations to Simone uh, on a great career. Congratulations to him on the impact he's going to have. Uh, still within that community. And I, I sent him a DM. I said, congratulations, because now you're part of the – I had a Hall of Fame career, but I have no rings to show for it. So <laughs> I, I, I'm the president of that. I'm not only the president of that. So I said, congratulations to that club, and we Ooh, just had a good laugh. Uh, Mill, that's funny. You're the, you're the president, and Doug Brown's the vice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Milt Steagle, CFL on TSN with us. Kevin Carey's Eddie Steele, 827 in Edmonton. Uh, what do you make of what's been going on here in Edmonton from an outsider's sp- perspective, uh, Milt, in the sense of, you know, we, it's been well documented, the, the home uh, drought, uh, playoffs, oh, nine starts, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but do you think they are kind of turning things around here, Milt? I definitely do. I definitely do. Uh, and everyone's always optimistic, you know, before the season starts. But, you know, the, they're making some right moves. And I know it started with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. I know some people aren't too happy about that. Uh, they felt Trey Ford should be the guy. And Trey Ford will eventually be the guy. But for this team to win right now, you needed somebody who's already done it. McLeod Bethel-Thompson has already done it. You know, in 2022, basically up until the last three minutes of the Grey Cup, he led that team. Uh, he's led this league in, in passing yards and passing touchdowns. So Trey Ford will be a part of that offense. You can't just allow him to uh, to sit on the sideline. But McLeod Bethel Thompson is going to be the guy who leads them uh, to the Grey mm-hmm. Cup if they get to there. And also, they added Curly Giddens Jr., who was a big get. Uh, last year, uh, he wasn't on display because of injuries, but adding him to that receiver mix with Mitchell and and Lewis and Moore, and you got Brown in the backfield, and I think that offensive line is is better, goes a long way. But I think the most important thing is you added the liquid, the liquid, the liquid, liquidizer, as I like mm-hmm. to call it. Uh, Leak. Yeah, He's Leak. the best returner yeah. in this game, and over the last 10 years, Edmonton's return game has been garbage. I think if I'm correct, <laughs> they have one uh, return for a touchdown, and it happened in the last game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. You had Boris Beatty to there, so – they're definitely going in the right direction. Eddie Steele, you, you know about Chris Jones. He, he, he's not used to doing all this losing. And no, he's not. He's looking forward to winning some games. Because if he doesn't, 
They may be asking you, Eddie, to take over as a head coach. So they know they're in a pressure cooker, and they have to go out there and win and win right away. They're trying to get those fans back. I mean, they mm-hmm. closed the upper bowl. That's not a good sign. No. That's not a known thing in Edmonton. So they got to get back to their winning ways so they can win those fans back and, and Chris Jones can get back to looking to his regular stuff. I'm getting tired of him looking purple on the sidelines. Stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> get back to his normal skin color. Uh, it's uh. so true, Mel. And, and you're right, man. Yeah, not accustomed to seeing him uh, just take a beating the way he's taken over the past few years. They've added Jason Shivers to the staff. I don't even know if it's mm-hmm. been announced yet mm-hmm. or not, but he's going to be their D coordinator this upcoming season. And I think that's a really good thing. As much of a, a defensive guru as Jones has been known to be. Just it's just another element off of his plate because this guy's wearing four hats: GM, head coach, DC, um, yeah, something else too. So it's too much. It's just too much. So when you can take something off his plate, he's going to be that much more focused on the task at hand. Milt, I want to take a quick shift here, real quick. I told my wife that I was going to be chatting with you this morning. And obviously, we watch you on TV and stuff all the time. Uh, Kevin Carius, the host of this show here, he's been in TV 30-plus years, too. I want to ask you, boys, this TV uh, personal-related question. How hard is it for you, Milt, to get yourself together to do a post-game show after you've been in the studio for eight hours, you've done the doubleheader, maybe one game's gone to OT, it's one in the morning. (laughs) How hard is it for you to pull yourself and get yourself together to go on and to do the post-game show? Wow. I've never been asked that. And and you know, you guys know that it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not an easy task. You know, we have to pump ourselves back up again. Uh, there's been times where we've done three or four takes uh, because we know the energy wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be on TV, uh, on Sports Center that's going to be shown all day, and, and it's not right. So it, it takes some getting up. It takes some pumping up. It takes some – some guys may, you know, take a little coffee. Uh, Chaz, he likes to drink his coffee, may put a little dip in his mouth to get him pumped up, whatever it may be. <laughs> but you have – you have to get yourself hyped again because, as you alluded to, you're in that studio. You've watched two games. You may have a game to go overtime, and sometimes the game may not have been that exciting. So you have to get yourself pumped. Up. Be there, said than done. But we always find a way to get ourselves excited because we understand that we want to put a good product out there on TV that people are going to be watching. But as you alluded to, it's not always the easy task to get yourself up. Uh, when you got to when you got to talk about a game that that maybe happened a few hours ago, but we love doing it. We enjoy doing it. We we enjoy working together for the most part. We enjoy working together. And <laughs> we just we just try to put a good product on TV. Milt Stegall with us on Sports fourteen forty. Milt, I'm going to play a little clip here, uh, some audio, and uh, just have a listen here. (laughs) 
So you know exactly what that is. How many times have you heard and seen that? And uh, just to let our listeners know, Milt, that's from July 20th, 2006, right here at Commonwealth Stadium. Basically, last play of the game, and the Bombers are down to the then Eskimos, and it's a 100 yards, uh, Kevin Glenn to Milt Steagle to win it for uh, Winnipeg. Uh, how many times? And what, what do you think? And what do you when you hear it? And w- w- what's your reaction when you uh, see and hear that all the time? Give, give me a moment. I'm shedding a couple of tears right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what? I, I I can't hear it enough. I can't hear it enough. I I enjoy it. Uh, and don't don't get me wrong. I'm 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 for the most part. I'm a humble guy. But that play right there, to me, that's the greatest play in football history. That's that's <laughs> that's that, 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 that's my Grey Cup winning play right there. That's it for mm-hmm. me. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was an exciting play, uh, and I'm I'm an optimistic person, but I never thought that was going to happen. Being in the situation we were in at the time, you know, four seconds left on the ten yard line, need to touch down to score, and the way things happen. So, I mean, you, you you can't play that play enough for me. I don't get tired. I never get tired of talking about it when people bring it up. They have to tell me to be quiet because I will continue talking about that for. For hours upon hours, so uh, that play is always. Uh, I'll, I, if I catch amnesia, if I never remember anything that ever happened in my football life, I'll always remember that play. When I see that, Mill, the defensive lineman in me just thinks, "Don't trip, don't trip, mm-hmm. don't trip, make it to the end zone." <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that, that that is true. And I thought I was I actually thought I was dreaming until I got in the end zone and my teammate. At the time, Chris Brazel hit me. I was like, "Chris, that was the hardest hit I took all game." But it, it, it was it was a great it was a great moment for me and, and, and our team that year. It was a great moment. Also, uh, one other question I wanted to ask you, Milt, just about going into the uh, Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame. I guess last uh, November, you're in the CFL Hall of Fame and other halls of fame all over the place. But uh, what did that mean to you going into the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame? That, that that was special because, for the most part, the individuals who usually go into the Manitoba Hall of Fame are from Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that the, the the province of Manitoba has adopted me as one of their one of their sons is, is truly special. And I I could be on here talking all day how special Winnipeg and Manitoba is to me. I mean, I have a street named after me there. My youngest mm-hmm. son was born there. Uh, when I go there, I'm just treated uh, so special, better than I should be treated, and uh, that is a special place to me. And I remember when I first stepped, and I always tell people this, when I agent first told me that Winnipeg had my rights, I had no idea. I asked him, what is a Winnipeg? I had no idea. But <laughs> signing in Winnipeg was not only signing, but playing my 14 years in Winnipeg was the best decision besides marrying my wife and having my kids, the best decision I ever made in my life because I still, to this day, reap benefits from it. So I'm thankful mm-hmm. for everything mm-hmm. that everyone throughout Winnipeg and Manitoba did for me and can still continue to do to me to this day. Well, Milt, we really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy, I guess, a couple months off before training camp starts, and then you'll be working those uh, you know, 10, 12-hour shifts with the doubleheaders coming up pretty soon. So thanks for doing this. <laughs> And thanks, Eddie, for making me feel old, saying that you watched me when you were young. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Hey, Milt, there there is only one Milt Stiegel drive. Yeah. There it is. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks a lot, Milt. Appreciate it. Have a good day. All right. You guys take care. Thanks. That's Milt Stiegel, CFL on TSN, and our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Reuter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.ca. 
Yeah, uh, he was electric, you know. And he was. When you talk about, like, I you mean, grew up watching people, like, yeah. you know, you hear that phrase a lot. Like, I literally grew up watching him uh, in my primal years of when I first discovered football, you know, mm -hmm. uh, at the age of, you know, 10-ish. And he was the Winnipeg, he was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He was the face of the Bombers for, like you said, 14 years. So he was the, the guy I grew up idolizing. So pretty remarkable stuff. Yeah, and I mean... And he backed it up. He wasn't just a player. He was the best receiver to play the game other than G. Roy, who has now passed him, statistically. Yeah, uh, statistically, yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah, he was always, and he was the number one guy there in Winnipeg. Exactly, you know, and exactly. And then had the personality, and the right? Teams, sometimes the teams weren't that good, no, and, you know, no. just the way it went. But. And had that charisma. Yeah. When we come back, are you in or are you out with Eddie Steele coming up? Kevin Carey's Eddie Steele, Sports 1440. Stay with us. Uh, just before we get to are you in or are you out, uh, Texter Dex sends this one in, and excellent text and oversight by my part especially. Um, and we were talking about in the comparison, Dylan Holloway, Jake Neighbors, and, and Eddie had brought up, uh, you know, Jake Neighbors got in a scrap, the Gordy Howe hat trick, etc. Dex says, I think it's kind of far-fetched to say that Dylan Holloway would never get a Gordy Howe hat trick. He has fought NHL in the NHL and has scored... Uh, and has gotten an assist. I don't think it's far-fetched to think that that could happen in one game. So I think, do I think he'd do it on a regular basis? No, yada, yada. But pretty bold statement. Dex is 100% right here. Um, and I was trying to think about it, and Dylan Holloway got into the fight with Vince Dunn last year. And he was a very willing combatant on it as well. So I think it was a situation where just a quick oversight. So I think that comparable is, is there. 100%. No so, doubt. I can eat that. Yeah, I, I, and, I can eat that. And, and now that he, you brought that yes, up to me. Yes, and I was trying to think. And I do know. vaguely remember him, mm. you know, getting into a little something. So, yeah, I'll eat that. Yeah, sometimes when we're doing live and you've got 10 topics going, you forget something that might have happened. And Dex, 100% on this. All right, Duke. Ah, it's time for Are You In or Are You Out? Okay, okay, you know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line, are you in or are you out? In or out of what? No time for questions, just action. In or out? Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I thought you would go, I'm in, Bob. We would have had a really cool moment, but uh, you kind of ruined the whole thing. All right, Duke Letterbox. Edmonton Oilers dropping last night's game to the St. Louis Blues by a score of 6-3. to three. They are now 2-3 and post-All-Star break. And uh, a few things cropping up as uh, points of concern, including the penalty kill, play of specific players. But I'm saying the uh, regression of the defensive play since the All-Star break is the biggest cause for concern amidst this current sub-500 five-game run. Well, you know, Duke, I 100% agree with you on this, so I'm going to say I'm in. When you think about it in the Detroit game, Stu Skinner stands on his head in the second period, makes several key saves, or else that is a 5-3, 6-3 lead for Detroit at that point. I, I really, you know, I mean, the offense didn't show up, I guess, in L.A. in a 4 nothing loss. You saw frustration and things of that nature. And then last night, I mean... You score four goals. Most times you score four goals, you should win. We've seen breakdowns in the Detroit game. You saw lots of uh, odd man rushes. You saw a lot of giveaways. Uh, we saw it again last night in the sense of not many odd man rushes. There were defensive breakdowns close around the blue paint last night. Not enough attention to detail in and around that four or five foot area around the blue. So 100% do come in on this uh, saying, yeah, 
Defensive play, the number one cause for concern. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm in on this too. And uh, I'm going to lump in the PK as well with the defensive play because it's been pretty atrocious since the break. Hmm. Number two, uh, you guys talked about it with uh, Gregor right off the top of the show this morning, but I actually uh, agree that Connor Brown was a, a positive impact player last night despite the uh, the offensive zone penalty, still <laughs> unable to finish, but uh, just a matter of taking your turn and still uh, kind of fighting it a little bit. I think Connor Brown will find himself in the press box uh, tomorrow against Dallas. Ooh, this is a really good one, Duke, because if you go – just in the sense that Matthias Janmark only had the one game there and then came back. Sam Gagne went in. Brown, Gregor felt Brown had a one of his stronger games last night. Did take the penalty 200 feet away from the net. Almost had the goal to make it 5-4. Oh, this is a very tough call. I'll say, you say, is it for tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon or just the next guy? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm saying he'll be out of the lineup tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to be out on it. I'll say I'm out. He'll be... <laughs> this is tough because just of how Novlock has run the run the gamut in the sense of uh, you know, players going in and out. But that last couple shifts, ringing the iron, I think it might keep him in. So I'm going to go, I'm out on this one. Yeah, I hate to agree, but I'm going to be out as well, man. Uh, recency bias played a pretty decent game yesterday uh, minus the penalty and uh, another reason I'm out is because I mean he how many games now has he done absolutely really nothing and hasn't been taken out uh, thus far because you know they say he's great on the PK and great on the four check so uh, I don't think there's going to be any change for tomorrow because he's gone this far being in the lineup Mm -hmm. here's a here's a bit of a stonehead type uh, take on this how do you leave the lineup the same after a yeah. loss when you change it after a win? That's a good point, Duke. That's yeah, I mean, du- point, you could Dukey. be 100% right on this, Duke. You could be the... Uh... So do you guys... But here, I guess to a, to a extend on that, do you think he uh, Knobloch will leave the lineup the same or is it going to be a Yanmark um, coming back out? Because that's the only... Like, you're not pulling one of McLeod, Holloway, um, Perry, etc. Like... Maybe Derek does Derek Ryan take a seat? I actually thought the fourth line was yeah, they pretty had, decent for I know. the first period, especially yesterday. Well, they had a couple chance in the third. Mm-hmm. They generated some yeah. zone time. You, ha- as a coach, you have to be very careful w- how you tread this because if you're going, you got one game, one in, one out, one out. It's players don't like that. Well, and Brown hasn't played that rotation game all year, so why would he start now? S- sat out the one game, right? Just one, yeah, just, just one. one. So and then had a bit of a bump after that when he sat out. Maybe he needs it again. This is you never know, Duke. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Hey, and I'm not advocating that Brown should be playing. No, yeah, but I'm just wondering why it hasn't happened more this year. I think there's a lot of people wondering that, Eddie. Um, around the rest of the league, uh, last night Austin Matthews another hat trick in uh, Toronto's win over Philadelphia, who has been a uh, pretty good team in their own right. Matthews now on pace for 71 goals this season. I don't think he will get there, but I do think he will score the most most goals that we've seen in a year since Lemieux in 95-96. And what did Mario have that year? Mario that year had, I have it right in front of me, 70. But the most since then between that and now is 65 with Ovechkin in 2008. I'm out. I have no reasoning. I'm a hater. I, I, and I just don't want to, I don't want to be bombarded with yeah. Leafs media, so I'm out. Uh, I like your style, Eddie. I'm a Leafs hater as well, but I'm going to go I'm in on this one. I just think he's got that. I mean, he's on. he, he scores in bunches so yeah. many times. What has he got? Is it five hat-tricks this year? I think so. So yeah. 
I think he can get, I don't know if he gets 71, yeah. but I bet he gets 65 to 66, somewhere in there. And, I mean, they feed him. He, he's got the, one of the best shots in the league. He's the Leon on that side on a one-timer, on a power play. Can you imagine the the goal watch when he gets within five on TSN? <laughs> oh, God. How just gross that would be, the coverage? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking, I agree with you, KK. I think I'm going to say 68 goals okay. is where uh, Austin Matthews finishes the year. So, number four, uh, switching to the CFL, we just had uh, Milt on to talk a little bit about the free agency period. And one of the main topics is Javon Leak joining our own uh, double E, the green and gold here in Edmonton. Led the league in special teams touchdowns last year with four. The Elks uh, have had a lot uh, of struggles in that department lately, but I'm saying with the addition of Leak, there'll be at least three special teams touchdowns in general. Not saying specifically Leak, but in general, three special teams TDs for the Elks this season. Yeah, I'm in. I'll ride that wave. I'm in for sure. Hmm. I think the additional leak, the uh, best special teams player in the league, obviously is helpful. But the Elks were on the cusp last year. They had some really good special teams units, uh, not so much the returner, but the units who's blocking for them and trying to set up those lanes. They have some really good talent on those units, and I think that they are due to finally break hmm. out as a unit and have an impact on games. I I can't hope for anything more here. This is it's just been it's been such a bad thing to watch for so many years. KK, me too. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm out because it's that's a lot of TDs. Like four last year for Leak was that's crazy amount. And maybe it's the curse of Gizmo, the reverse curse of Gizmo. That Ooh. you know he had so much success. He was the most electrifying, most well known player in in Elks history and Eskimos history. Yeah. And maybe it just maybe we used them all up with Gizmo. I don't know, but I'll just say I mean I think he might get two, so it's just under three. So, mm. and last but certainly not least, it is Family Day weekend here in Alberta, and uh, you know depending on how you classify it, other parts of the country as well. But uh, if you're looking for something to do with the family this weekend, there's tons of great options uh, between local skiing here in Edmonton down at Snow Valley. Maybe you're going to just go for a skate down at the Vic Skating Rink like Speck and uh, and Shelka. But I'm saying for the whole family, all factors considered, cost, ease of access, no matter how big the family is, bowling is the perfect thing to partake in this weekend go with ahead, your loved Eddie. ones. <laughs> you know what, Duke? Like I was thinking of all the different factors that go into it, and I'm going to be in because bowling, you have the food, you have the fun, most bowling alleys have the arcade, which is great for kids. I like to get my kids outside, but some mm-hmm. some kids don't like to go on three and a half kilometer hikes in the woods. Uh, my kids, they, they might not like it either, but they're forced to. So bowling is great because it's a controlled environment. It's fun. You have food. Don't got to worry about the weather. Cost effective. So yeah, I'm in. You know... Five pin or ten pin? <laughs> five. <laughs> the, kids, been, the, kid, been, the kids are all fine. we've been down this yeah. route before. My fingers don't fit in those holes, I remember? Know, yeah. You could find some of them that fit. You know, we used to do a thing back when we were ripping her up, Duke and Eddie, uh, where we would go bowling with the fellas, and there'd be 10, 12 guys, so you'd have two, three lanes going. And we would put – if the, the goal was to get nine pins down. That was the goal, to get nine pins down because – Every, as soon as someone had nine, everyone would throw five bucks into the pot. And so it'd be like 60 bucks. And if you made your spare, you got the pot. If you missed your spare, you paid the pot. Mm. So there was cash exchanging like, like you wouldn't that. believe. Yeah. 
Having said all that, um, I w- I'm a more, I think family day means outside, so I'm going to go like tobogganing, something like but that. But what if the weather, st- like we're fortunate right now, yeah. the weather's good, but like what if the weather stinks? Controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And I, like I was going to say, mean, I was gonna say tobogganing too, but yeah. then, you know, what if kids and like, too young? And- the, you know, when you're going down Fox Drive by the Equine Center there, or by yeah. Fort Edmonton before you turn in, there's that hill. And I'll like it is going to be just jam packed on the weekend, yeah, because it's a great you know the crazy carpets and, and things like that. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. Do kids still ride GT racers? Come on, man! Of course they do. What is a GT? And their racer? dads, Duke. And their dads. <laughs> Get out of like, here you with mean that the, nonsense. The three, three sledder thing. Yeah, it's got like two the skis. GT, the it, one that it kind of looks steer. like a, it looks we like never a had that kind of cash growing up. Man, that that was the Brett Hall special when I was growing up. We, we were would fu- tow him behind oh. the the Gator. Real but really? I feel you, yeah. KK. Yeah, I didn't have that cash we growing were, up either. We were <laughs> my we friends had a, them. a cardboard box, man. <laughs> <laughs> my the, friends had the, the lid of the garbage can out in the alley. Yes. Yeah. But my kids definitely have one, and I ride it more than they do. They'd rather the carpets. Crazy carpets are good. Yeah, those ones are, they're almost too slippery. <laughs> yeah, you know? and that's well, why I, they like them. Yeah. They I mean, when, you, when you're at the bottom of the hill, even trying to get up, you got to make sure your legs are outside the, the width of that. Because if you try and stand up on that thing, it's good night, Irene. Speaking of bowling, <laughs> you're, you're my, tearing an ACL my kids like to do this sled bowling, so I'll go on their carpet on my oh, stomach, really? and they'll stand at the bottom, and I'll go and bowl <laughs> into them. <laughs> oh. Just take their legs out. Cool. <laughs> Mom's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. Or not happy if she is. <laughs> uh, Eddie, awesome stuff. That was a good show. And, oh, man, that one just flew by those two hours. That was fun. Uh, once again, Eddie Steele brought to you by Bonton Bakery. Did you know Bonton Bakery's long fermentation sourdough breads are not only delicious, but they're also good for digestion and are a diabetes-friendly alternative. Check out their full line of uh, bread in-store, or you can order online at bonton.ca. I went in, picked up a big rye, the the mm. extra-large rye, came home, and I had three sandwiches right off the hop the other nice. day. Nice. How do you Wednesday. fix a sandwich? Depends what's going on in the fridge for whatever. I had some Swiss cheese and mm-hmm. some ham and... We make a nice sauces. What are the sauces? Well, we Mayo, make, mustard. No, well, we make a well. Oh yeah, I forgot. Laura, you do your own. Laura makes this. Uh, it's called horseradish jelly. So it's got the sweet and it's got the hot. I like that. And and we make our own horseradish, so we don't buy the horseradish that goes in the jelly. So it's right from the ground, horseradish grater up, grinder up. Just get that nice creaminess. Add a little vinegar, then put in the. What is that, gelatin packs, you know, whatever? Yeah. She's in charge of that area. Mm. I'm more in the horseradish area. Can't wait for my jar next week. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I got? Are you a big tomato guy anyway? Oh, of course. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to give you a, a jar of tomatoes because we're... It's, it's, it's that time. You're February. You look at... You know, when you look at the stocking of the shelves, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, okay. And it's not like you're... Uh, you're giving it away. You're still proud. It's just, you know, you have to keep your stock. And to that point, though. Yeah. Yep. What's on the go this weekend, Eddie? You got uh, so family day. Yeah, you got, family yep. day, and there's, uh, there's a Disney thing here. So taking the kids to this Disney experience, uh, whatever it is, uh, yeah. What's that? Is it, where's I it? I don't know. Ah, man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going, really with, going with a few teammates. There's a few ex, uh, ex-great cup champs in their oh, family, really? so we're all going together. So I don't know exactly what it is, but, man, it's Disney, and it was expensive. Oh, I bet. Eh? <laughs> so is it at Rogers? or is uh, it where, uh, I forget. Or is it, it, is it Expo? Expo Center now? Expo, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So it should be good. The kids then, will love it, and man. And then you're going bowling, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Parlay. Uh, good stuff, Eddie. Thanks for uh, hopping on again here every Friday, as you usually do. Uh, well, you, not usually. You do it all the time. But it was good to talk to, to Milt Stiegel, too, and yeah. share some old Winnipeg memories. And This was a fun show, and you guys yeah. have a ton of fun stuff uh, for the rest yeah. of it. So have fun, man. We've got C- Steve Serdachny coming up at the top of the hour. Stollery Family Day Classic gets underway today at Terwilliger. I mean, this is an unbelievable tournament for young kids. And the most important part, they raise money for the stallery. So it's about over $4 million. Mm. And this has been going on for that's years. So. About. Uh, that's coming up top of the hour. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by... Tommy Guns, our unique lounges and casual setting, makes it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada, hands down. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.